0: The S&P, the this is Motley Fool Money.
1: Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is ready to party like it's financial year 2018. Hey! Hey, I'm Andrew Page and with me is Scott Phillips. <laughs> Happy New Year, Andrew. Happy New Year, fool. Happy New Year, mate. Thank you. Today on the podcast, your ticket to financial freedom. We give you five steps to wealth. Secondly, is Uber long for this world? And our very own streaming music tech wreck, Guevara, is in the news again for all of the wrong reasons. And finally, it's my turn to get on my high horse, get ready for a good rant. Oh, just promise me it's not going to be a bloody property. Um, well, you know what? It's not. Hey, that's a win. But I'll tie, pro- I'll, I'll tie property into it, just for you, <laughs> mate. Just for you. There's always there's always <laughs> a photo to be fault. drawn there. All right. <laughs> now, <sighs> yes, I, I, I cringe a little bit with this heading. Five Let's steps run. to financial freedom. Okay. Sounds a bit gimmicky, if that mate. It keeps on giving. It, well, it does. Um, ticket to finish for it sounds like a lotto ticket, isn't it? It, it really does. <laughs> the good thing about a lotto ticket, though, mate, is that uh, it's pretty instant. Uh, that's, that's a whole bunch of financial freedom right there. Totally. Very, I'm just, very quickly. I go going to buy one now then. I'm just got to warn our listeners. What we're going to offer is nowhere near as exciting, but here's the dilemma. You really know how to sell I'm this going to sell this. Well, here's the <laughs> dilemma. I mean, working in the, in the industry that we do, it's, you know, these, these questions kind of come up. Everyone's looking for a quick win here. Yep. And we just there's just no there's no quick win is is the frustrating thing. The good news is that's the bad news. The good news is is that the the steps that you do have to take are actually really really straightforward. You just need to be patient. I think that's the problem that, that most of us have. But with a with a hell of a preamble like that, <laughs>
2: give me away most of my I really 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 sold it there, didn't you? Uh, hit me, Mr. Phillips. Well, so here's the thing: if you think about the money that can be made on the stock market, the very power of compounding that mm. we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to make a fortune on the stock market. If yeah. you literally just start young enough and put enough money away every week, month, quarter, year, whatever mm-hmm. you do, it's hard not to make money. Yeah. The stock market goes up about 10% a year every year on average, right? The greatest wealth machine on the planet. If you start, and you, say you have 35 years in the market, mm-hmm. and if the market goes about 10% a year, you means you to double five times, right? Yeah. yeah. That takes 10 grand well, to 20 grand, 40 grand, 80 grand, 160 grand. $320,000 on average yeah. from a $10,000 investment. Yeah, mate, and, that, and that's just assuming you just put in a bit at the start and right, never, right. never add to it. It's when you start adding to it that it really
1: starts to multiply. Right. So we offered
2: five steps. Let's get to them. The okay. first one here, this is this is the old uh, Dougie the pizza boy, right? Work hard is number one. Oh, man. And that's kind of because, you know what, at the end of the Pass. day- what Pass, do you, oh, You've lost me. <laughs> what do you need to do to invest? You need to have the money to do it, right? And so, yeah, work thanks hard. Captain Obvious. Yeah, yep, that, okay. that's the point, right? So okay. people think, you know, what's your most important investment? Frankly, it's in yourself. If you mm-hmm. can get a job, get a good job, get a pay rise, if you can do a really good job at work, that's mm-hmm. the best way to have the money to invest in the first place. Now, mm-hmm. all of us can go and do the most menial and, and, and skillless of, of jobs mm-hmm. and get paid a pittance for it. Like or you we do. Can try Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> or we could try and... That's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> don't going to get paid for that. What do you reckon that means? Yeah. <laughs> um, we're paid exactly what we're worth on this podcast, exactly Andrew, right. is, what is what I'll say. Market rates. Yep. <laughs> and our listeners are still getting ripped off. <laughs> Paying too much. The best way to, to have money to invest is to work hard. If you can improve yourself, if you can improve your lot at work, you're going to have more money to spend. Frankly, it makes it for a better life, right? If you can do what you love, you're going to enjoy it. But Definitely. if you can get more money to invest, that that's how you start the compound process. Okay. So I've got to have a job. Oh, man. Okay. That's <laughs> that's not that
1: sexy. What's what's step number two? Oh, gee, it's even better. Spend wisely. Oh, yawn. <laughs> Give me something to go with you. So you. I've got to
2: work hard and I've got to spend wisely. There's a great book written <laughs> called The Millionaire Next Door, right? Yeah. And 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 the, the authors talk about that they, they interviewed a whole lot of surgeons in the US who at the time were earning 300 specialists, thousand $300, dollars mm. a year now. God knows how much that is now in the yeah, US, but in any couple. case. Mm. And I, I, I don't unreasonable amount of these people were actually asset poor Yeah, they had fantastic incomes yeah. but they had no money to spend because they had no money to invest because they had, they had a, spent it all right? very, yeah, compared to the people lifestyle. who are on relatively modest incomes who managed to put aside 10, 15, 20% of what they earn mm. and really generate some really serious wealth so get make as make much money as you reasonably can yep. say on the right side of the law of course yep. um, but then spend it wisely what's left over you can only invest what's left right? Okay. and so you've got to spend wisely you've got to budget do the right things yeah it's boring as hell but you know what? That's exactly as you've already given away the lead. That's exactly the point of this. is Is mm-hmm. it's just really simple, boring, everyday stuff that done frequently enough, you forget you're doing it, and eventually you end up at the end of the day with a truckload. Of cash. I guess
1: you know what I'd add to that um, is when you are spending, just don't put anything on. you. Don't borrow money for anything that doesn't increase in value. Would be my my little rule. If there's one thing that you could do. Um, I've got a couple of credit cards, but I've ne- I'm proud to say, mate, I've never paid a cent in interest. Hey, hey, Um, I I'll call me old fashioned. I like to save up before I buy something. The reason I do is cause I'm really tight thank and- <laughs> you, grandpa page over here. <laughs> well, I just think it's, I think for most you are of my t- mates, you are the, I think you are the tightest bloke I know I have to say. I'm, I'm as tight as you can Careful, imagine. It could have gone mad. Um, but I, I think it's the biggest mistake that people, that people make is that they, they bring their consumption forward. Yep. They, they put on a credit card. It's so easy to do, but then you're paying up to 20, in fact, 20, 25% interest on yes. that and it just, you get dug in this hole and that's really it. Game over if you're in that scenario. And the points aren't worth that just quietly. It's really not. So that, that'd be the one thing I would say in terms of spending wisely.
2: What's well, step number three? Next, invest regularly. Okay. So this... well, now we're getting, now we're getting a little bit more sexy. <laughs> well, um, currently just right. Cause the value of the, we talk about dollar cost averaging, right? It's actually a really crappy word name. I don't have to come up with it. Mm. The idea basically is just that you keep investing day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, etc., etc you'll have some really, really crappy times. So sometimes you'll be being, putting
1: money in when the market's at a high. Correct.
2: Other times when it's at a low. And when the market's high, you buy fewer shares. When yes. the market's low, you buy more shares for the dollar you're putting into the market. Right. And so and over the time- It smooths it all out. You don't have to try and guess where the market's at. And mm-hmm. people who say, well, it was at a high in 2007 and since then, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. If you'd have been investing for 10, 20, 30 years before that- most of your money went in at, at fractions yeah. of those highs. And yeah. So yes, you can look at a given point in time and say, since then, all of my lump sums gone from here to here, up, down, sideways. Yeah. Or you can say, well, I put money into the market in 2005 mm. and 2006 and 2007, mm. and then 2008 and 2009 while the GFC was happening. And add all that up, you've got a very, very nice return over I reckon, the last 10, I, I, 20, I, Even years.
1: better. I reckon you could have started at the absolute pinnacle of the market. And then just made the commitment to sort of put some money in every six right, months. Right, And over the last, you still would have done yeah, very well. At, at very, I mean, the so that's having the 46%. worst timing
2: in, you know, impossible. Correct. Adding regularly. Okay. And no. the last one is, and we'll wrap this up, is just don't fiddle. You know, people want to go and buy the next big thing or the last big thing or the tip from their mate or God knows what else. Okay. If you, if you, the more you trade, frankly, the more likely you are to lose. Yeah. So There's, there's, there's a really, transaction costs. There's taxation implications. It's a great story of... So we, we're not massive fans of most managed funds here at the Motley Fool. Most of them tend to lose to the market. About 80% of managed funds actually don't beat the market, mm. right? The research out of the US says not only is that true, mm. but most investors don't even get the average return of their managed fund. Yeah, they do Because they're trading in and out. Yeah. And so you kind of think, this is just... You know, fees, charges, trying to chase the next big winner or the last big winner, depending on which way you want to look yeah. at it. Um, it. It is really, really, really expensive. And so buy well and for the love of God, just wait. Just let compounding do its work. Stop fiddling. Keep adding new money. And eventually, it's nothing's guaranteed, right? But if you look over any 10, 20, 30-year period, it's very, very, very hard. I know impossible not to have made decent amounts of money, very, very decent amounts of money. By following these five. This is, this
1: is very anecdotal, but, um, in my, in my time, I've done plenty of trade shows, the ASX, the money show, all of those kinds of gigs. And without fail, you know, the, the, the thing that always blows me away is that some little old lady will come up and say that, you know, she bought X, Y, and Z 20 years ago and just forgot about them. (laughs) And I tell you what, she has got more money than, you know, all of these gun day traders with, you know, the best screens and technology and systems. And they put 40 hours a week of work into it. She just, she bought a selection of, of, you know. Uh, decent businesses. She chucked him in the bottom law, bottom drawer. She saw a, a bunch of recessions, a few bear, um, bear markets and even stock market crashes and she's just come out the other side loaded. Yeah. And so
2: just to your point, don't fiddle. There are no guarantees in life, but Jesus, if, if making a lot of money in the stock market by letting compounding do its thing is not the closest I can find, I don't know what is. I wish we had something a bit sexier,
1: but, but unfortunately that's the way it goes. You know what? If it was super easy and super quick, I don't think I'd be here, mate. I'd be on an island somewhere. So... <laughs> There's that.
0: Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
2: Okay, let's talk about Uber. Speaking of sexy. Do, well, do you, do does you it get any sexy than Uber? Do you Uber? We do. You know Uber. I know you do.
1: I know you do, and I do as well. You it,
2: are I Uber from the studio every single week. Man, and I
1: love Uber. Isn't it good? is so fantastic. Um, it's it, it's cheaper, it's it's probably safer, it's cleaner. It's like, actually you, and it's
2: actually you know what? There's a whole lot of tech fun about it, right? Oh, just you, you, you get to the cab, you pre yeah. up the phone, you call up a Uber, you get out of the yeah. cab, you say, Thanks very much, mate. You walk away. The stuff that gets added to your credit card or your, yeah, your I don't debit get card. my wallet out. It's free <laughs> if it feels like it anyway. <laughs> but it kind of feels fun, yeah. right? Like we all like playing with our smartphones. You can press that button get a car. Press another button. It's, it's, you can it's see just it coming, right? It's just oh. great. It's fantastic. And that's right. why
1: everyone's using it. It's exploding. But So how could it possibly lose? Well, there is, there is a, a, I guess, a growing chorus of investors out there sort of saying that this might actually not be, not proved to be the big deal, that everyone's expecting it to be. And may in fact, even go bankrupt. Now it's a small course to be fair, but it's a growing one. And it's a very interesting one. We had a bit of a dive into it with the team last week and sort of talked through the pros and cons. We thought it'd be a good uh, topic for the podcast. So the first thing to note, and the bears will point out is that this thing is bleeding cash like you wouldn't believe. The last figure I saw was a $2 billion cash loss. Yeah. And that is big, that is big. And, and that's for one year, by the way. I think the aggregate loss is somewhere at eight or nine billion. They, so they've raised a ton of money, um, but they are, they are, a lot of that is just falling through their fingers. Now, to be fair, they are trying to get to scale. They're trying to win market share for some incumbents that have been there for decades. There's a lot of sort of startup costs. And this happens with a lot of technology companies. You saw the same thing with Amazon as a good example, which yeah. we talk a lot about. Spend a Facebook's bunch of the co- same. Facebook, the same. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. Yes. And then you, but you have a relatively fixed cost base. Yep. And as the revenues, the top line grows, you reach break even, and then everything like a hot butter, just profit falls to the bottom line. And it's a beautiful model. You know, they call it operating leverage. Profit and falls like hot butter. Profit falls like hot butter to the bottom line, my friend. And
2: I, 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 <laughs> there's a I, metaphor you won't forget. You yeah, won't forget that one. There we go.
1: And, and, uh. And okay, that's wonderful. And so maybe that's the case with Uber. Although yep. the bears will say, "Here's the trouble: it doesn't scale in the same way. When you go into a new territory, there are new costs. When you add a new driver, there are new costs with that. So it doesn't scale in the same way." That's the first
2: problem. In fact, Hamish Douglas, Australia, one of Australia's most more famous investors, has called Uber a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, that's,
1: not, that mean that's pretty. That's pretty harsh. Right? Tell me
2: why else uh, Uber's not great.
1: Uh, The other reason it's not great is because uh, at the moment, so they're paying, uh, so the figures that we've heard is about 40% of your fare is actually paid by Uber. It is heavily, heavily subsidized. Now this is a means to grab added market share Mm -hmm. and it's working very, very well, but you can't continue to subsidize fares to that extent for that long. So there's only, there's really only two dials that you can move here. One is you, you could just ensure that the drivers get less money and they've already done that to one extent and they're actually under a bit of... Um, fire for that. And let's face it, Uber drivers, it, It's it, from what I understand, it's actually a lot of the drivers, they love doing it, but it's, you know, it's not investment banker style money. You can't continue to cut and, and still attract people uh, into the profession. Right. So there's, there's, there's that pickle, or you can raise rates and then you start to lose one of the sort of, you know, um, competitive advantages that it has. At the moment, a lot of people catch Uber because it's so much cheaper than a cab. But if you go back to sort of what cab rates are, yeah. that doesn't
2: become as attractive. Yeah, okay. I'm kind of. I'm not ready to buy shares and Uber just yet, but I'm also not ready to declare it dead. Yes, okay. I have to say. I well, we haven't finished the negatives. Oh, all right, yet, mate. go on, keep going. Well, the other one is the regulatory
1: side of things. Yeah. So this is like they they have just sort of appeared. The, the legislation sort of racing to catch up, but there's questions of you know how do you classify drivers? Uh, yeah, what's right. the tax implications that are there? Is there minimum awards that need to be adhered to? You know, taxi companies are under a whole bunch of sort of regulatory conditions. What is it, is it fair that Uber gets to dodge a lot of those people are catching up. So there's every potential that in particularly in many jurisdictions where they just sort of say, Hey, hang on, you've got to do this if you want to operate here. Um, and again, that's something else that can bring them unstuck.
2: And I do think that's a fair one. That, that's a question that we're going to have. I mean, our society and, and frankly globally are going to have to face that one at some point. Mm, yeah. We've got the guys driving the Deliveroo kind of delivery. So we've got the Uber drivers. We've got freelance journalists. What do they call there, it? There the, is, sharing, uh, yeah, right, the sharing economy? Yeah, right. sharing economy. sharing economy. And yeah. so, but at some level, and this is, I mean, companies have been doing this for a long time, right? They're turning employees into contractors mm. or casualized, casualizing the workforce, that's the, is the way we that's talk the about, the about it. That's the phrase I'm looking for. Um, the more this is done, the, the less obvious protection. You know, Back in the day, you and I are old enough to remember this, most of the workforce was full-time, and mm-hmm. most of us were covered by an award, right? A, yeah. a federal regulation legislation that said, this is how much in this profession, if you're a podcast host, you should be paid at least this much per hour, dot, dot, dot. Yep. If you were a, a truck driver, if you mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. a waitress, if you were an office clerk, whatever you were doing, there was a, there was was the government said you must be paid this much per hour. Minimum. As an employee. Now, so many casual employees, so many contractors, freelancers, You know, independent business owners, if you like the, you know, the Amway words. Um, The Uber driver isn't an employee of Uber. Mm. They're an independent contractor. Now, for as long as that remains the case, Uber can pretty much say, hey, if you want to work for us, you're a contractor. Mm. I'll pay you what I'm going to offer you. You either do or don't work for us. They don't have to think, worry about things like super. Right, right. So it kind of makes sense for, and look, on one level, I think that's a really good thing for everybody. It's a good thing Mm. for the economy. People who want to take it can simply take that work. Lots of stuff going on. Now, there's a whole lot of other people listening to us right now, the labor activists and the like saying, this is absolute. Shit, yeah, um, because it's under it, it's pushing down wages for those people, who otherwise, would have been able to drive a taxi for an X dollars per hour. And frankly, mm-hmm. taxes are already in that um, freelance kind of economy anyway. Mm-hmm. But the more this is becoming, uh, you know, a sharing economy, a casualization of the workforce, the more there is questions about what should government regulate and should they be involved in this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If the government at one point says, you know, those Uber drivers, those uh, you know, uh, Deliveroo drivers, mm-hmm. the um, whoever else it is that's doing this sort of work. You must make sure they earn a minimum of X. Mm. That really changes the dynamic and it yeah. changes it very quickly. Now, will governments do it? I don't know, but that's a really big question for governments and for our society as a whole to say, what are we going to do there? Mm. And the answer to that will determine, I think to some degree, how well Uber succeeds or fails in Australia, but also around the world.
1: So if you're a betting man, would you say that Uber is around in 10 years' time?
2: <sighs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm not sure that I'd pay today's share price or, or valuation for Uber. You can't buy it. We should it's mention a it's a private company. Yep. I'm not sure I'd, I'd pay the current price for the company, mm. but I don't think it's dead i think i think there's a i think the casualization of the workforce continues mm-hmm. i think um uber has enough you know people who think it's a ponzi scheme it's this it's that they're looking backwards mm-hmm. now maybe, maybe it maybe that never gets out front of this right but mm-hmm. you could have made the same accusation at amazon a period of time ago mm-hmm. now uber is spending a truckload. Of, i mean in in private equity world all of this spend is coming forward mm-hmm. in the old days an uber equivalent or an amazon equivalent would have started with one shop or mm-hmm. one car mm-hmm. And then going to two, then to four, then to ten, mm-hmm. then to fifteen, mm-hmm. and eventually end up with a Woolworth-sized business or a coal-sized business that comes mm-hmm. to retail. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the taxi network started with one one driver and with one car. A couple of them joined together, put a put a sign on the side that said, "Andrews Taxis." Mm-hmm. Then Andrews Taxis got to fifteen and twenty cabs, and all of a sudden it became a big thing. Mm-hmm. Private equity now is bringing all that forward and saying, "We're going to spend the billions of dollars you mentioned up front to try and create a globally dominant, mm-hmm. huge brand." And, then, and frankly, that's working to at least terms of global dominance thus yeah. far. You know, we, we've got Uber a couple of years after they started in the U.S. in mm. Sydney now, um, it's been around most of the rest of the country, I'm pretty sure. That's all happened super, super, super fast, way faster than it would have previously, mm. because the PE guys are prepared to put a whole lot of money behind it. Yeah, but it raises the stakes for failure. Wait, but I was going to say that's the gamble though, because it's a lot of money.
1: To, if you don't get that scale, if you don't get that dominance, and kind of the model that they've got, they actually kind of need dominance, yes, right? Exactly. They they exactly. can't be number two or three, and and this and for this thing to work, you don't you don't waste that
2: nine billion dollars trying to be an also ran.
1: Well, we'll 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 continue to do our part to support Uber, <laughs> but uh, we will certainly keep an I'm eye. Sorry on the to the cab drivers
2: listening. If you uh, if you're not a fan of Uber, we uh we. We do like what you guys do as well, but oh, we, totally. tend to, we tend to prefer Ruben. Totally. Get more Motley full
0: money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Guevara. Guevara. <laughs> From the Sublime? Oh, man. So, so Guevara was the Aussie streaming um, service that really just didn't oh, get man. anywhere. And, yeah. you know, it's competing against some tech giants out there. Which, better technology, better scale, all of these other kinds of things. And if
2: you haven't heard the name, Gavira, you're not alone. This was a kind of a business story, funneled a consumer story, because these guys had, had dreams of being the, the best the best and biggest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, they and, wanted to be a take on Spotify and Pandora <sighs> and these kinds of guys. Yeah. And, and so they, they raised $180 million from 3,000 investors before trying to list on the ASX. Yeah. Um, it didn't quite go ahead, just to to, keep, to remind people or, or let you for the first time, um, at the time, they said in their prospectus, if the capital raising is unsuccessful and the company is not able to achieve profitable operations and receive the continued support of its creditors, lenders, and shareholders, there is significant uncertainty whether it will be able to continue as a going concern. I would say there's no uncertainty whatsoever. <laughs> there in is words, plenty of certainty if, that they are. If we screwed. don't get your money, we're going to the wall. Was yeah. basically what they. And this is before this is as they listed. Yes. They basically look. We 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 have no unless this IPO gets away. We've got absolutely no chance. And the reason
1: again, related to what we're talking about with Uber, right? They needed all of that cash because they needed to push this thing very hard to get the scale, to make the profitability.
2: Now, Mike Cannon-Brooks, who people might know from the Atlassian, Atlassian, (laughs) uh, he's Australia's uh, probably biggest and certainly most recent tech billionaire. Yep. um, Again, you might remember if you were following the story at the time, he tweeted that the prospectus terrified him. Yeah. Was the word he used? Yeah. Um, he's a guy who knows a, a thing or two about tech companies, and too. this is and this is kind of the thing, right? So it's look, Guevara would have, you know, lived or died in private equity land by itself if, if it had kept going. And yeah. th- these are the sorts of companies, to your point, Andrew. Mm. These are the ones that belong in PE land, mm. right? This is this is high risk uh, angel investing, venture capital type stuff. Yep. This is about a business with a small chance of really, really big payoff. Yep. And VC guys put together portfolios of 20, 30, 40 of these. Expecting most of of them them to fail, but the one that works covers everything. Which is the Facebook story, right? The guys who who backed Facebook also backed another 90 things that failed terribly, but Facebook's made them an absolute squillion dollars. Cuvera tried to list on the ASX. Basically... You can, you can speculate as speculate the motivations. I, I would speculate that maybe just maybe they'll worry they're going to run out of PE money and mm-hmm. maybe they kind of tap Australia's mug punters for it. Um, and look, in a different universe, maybe, you know, parallel universe, maybe this is a raging success right now. Yeah. Except it always had to beat Pandora and Spotify and Apple Music and Google Play and yeah. it, podcasts like we're doing. It's like us trying to take on Netflix, right? <laughs> it's
1: just, it's that kind of scale. I mean, that's exactly the- Pageflix.
2: The Pageflix. Meta- page there you go. Right. <laughs> we produce our own shows too. Really high quality shot on my phone. <laughs> Love it. It's one long podcast. It really <laughs> is. Reality TV Motley Full style. Well, How's that, eh? Hey?
1: And that's how crazy it is. So why are we like a very long wind up here? We thought we'd just mention it quickly because yeah. it's back in the news. Um apparently they um one of the guys there tried to tap a, a oh, poor old man. Aussie farmer um and they took eight million dollars off him.
2: This From, is such a this is such a crappy story. Look, when we say took it off him, they offered to allow him to invest, he invested um, allowed him to invest well they did, they what did they nice didn't, guys. What I mean they didn't steal the money from you know under his under his you know doorstep or, or somehow swindle him in any in any overt way mm. but that farmer Keith messer is taking the company to court yep. basically as they took advantage of him that they he they didn't make sure he was aware and understood what was going on as I understand it he's sort of having some um. Mental facilities weren't weren't as sharp as they used to be, etc. Correct, correct. So he he he's saying that um he had what they say he says rapidly failing cognitive functions, mm. um in 2012 while the money was being being taken. Arsholes. Initially invested half half a million dollars, uh got up to eight million dollars at some mm. point. He's now taking the court saying they did the wrong thing. That's still um under under legal consideration so we shouldn't comment too much more on it but just you know this it's a story that won't die and frankly this is a really really good this is one of those too good to be true stories right when yeah when you hear about the floats and the ipos that do fantastically well and you say i want me i want me some of that yeah. you know i want to be the next twitter or facebook or uh, uber billionaire yeah and, and it's tempting to kind of look at those stories but what if Guevara could take on apple play really? what if it's the next big thing? what what if yeah. this thing is massive i don't want to miss out on that yeah. The answer is that missing out on these things is rarely a bad idea because the occasional one will do well, but you'll lose a heap of I, money you know, trying the, to back the up. The thing right is as well,
1: I, with this kind of stuff, I mean, especially when it's listed, it's not as though you, you, if you don't buy now, that's it. You'll never, ever, ever get a chance. You yeah. can buy shares any day. Obviously, if the thing does go well, you'll never get a better price than you probably would have. So i missed
2: out. Why should I jump in?
1: But you can still like buy in at a 30% higher. If this is half the success it, it pretends to be, you will still do very, very well as an investor. Yeah. So, you know, it's, anything that you have to act now, you know, it, 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 it just, it, and it's too good to be true, as you say, if it looks like a dark it quacks like a duck. You know, it's it probably, probably duck. is. Stay the hell away from that duck. Very, very Shoot good. that duck. <laughs> duck off. <laughs> very good. Thank you.
0: Motley Fool Money. For more, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M.
1: Can I get on my high horse? Oh, please.
2: Please ducking do, yes. Um, mate, I'm going to have a little rant here oh, about, oh, no, no and it's property. not going to be
1: a property. Oh, it's going to be about tax. I not know,
2: know you could rent. Oh, God, here bear, we go. Right. They're not properties on tax. Well,
1: it's one. not about, you know, I hate paying tax and all the rest of it. <laughs> I, I think it's the end of financial year. Yes. And so people start to do all these stupid things with tax. Aussies hate paying tax. I mean, obviously, I don't want to pay tax. No one wants to pay tax. I get so that. I don't want to pay tax either. It's the things that people people will cut off their nose to spite their face. Well, that's. I mean, here's the property angle for you, just 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 for Aww. you, mate. So it's like negative gearing. So I'm intentionally going to lose money um, because I don't want to pay tax, and and I think that's okay because eventually my capital gain will be so massive that it'll make up for all of that and more. And frankly, that's actually been exactly the case at this point in time. It's been a wonderfully successful strategy, although I would argue in most points in history, something that's, that's pretty dumb. Uh-huh. So, what we, so with the share market, you, the number of people I've had complaints, of, oh, I've got to pay X dollars in tax this year. I was like, mm-hmm. mate, that is a good thing. The only way you're not paying tax is if you are losing money. Now, why on earth would you want to lose money? If, so the, tax, pay tax. if the tax man came up to me this year and said, Mr. Page, you owe us $1 million. I am doing cartwheels in the street. Because the only way I'm paying the, t- the ATO $1 million is if I made a squillion dollars in, in the share market. You need, that, be- you need a better account. That is a good thing. Now, let me clarify this. Um, I think you should do everything you can to legally minimize your tax. What, <laughs> remind me of the Kerry Packer uh, quote.
2: Oh, I'm glad you asked, Andrew. I Here's what I prepared earlier. You are. Mr. Mr. Packer, KP himself, and I won't do the impression. I wish I could. <laughs> I am not evading tax in any way, shape or form. Now, of course, I am minimizing my tax. And if anybody in this country doesn't minimize their tax, they want their heads red. Because as a government, I can tell you, you're not spending it that well. We should be donating extra. I
1: love it. I love it. And I agree. I 100% agree. You don't want to be donating extra money that you don't have to pay. But for the love of God, stop doing stupid things to stop yourself from making money. Making money is what this is all about. And the more tax you pay, it just means the more money that you have made. So for God's sake, stop doing silly things. I should, especially a word of warning too for those on the there's this thing Winding called up. a wash a wash trade yes. so what you do you've got a share you've bought it it's at a capital loss you sell it lock in the capital loss so that you can use that to offset any other capital gains and then you buy it back again that sounds the, like a great idea it's a brilliant idea You're the saying? trouble with it is the ATO takes a very dim view of that and it is illegal <laughs> and you will get into a bunch of trouble so um, if you are looking, if you have got some dogs in your portfolio that you want to get rid of anyway, and you have some capital gains that you would like to offset, by all means sell. That is a great reason to sell. But if you're looking just to um, sell something that you love and is a long-term investment just for the sake of taking advantage of some short-term tax benefits, and you're not able to buy that back quickly, of course, for ATO rules, et cetera, I mean, you really, really need your head read.
2: I want to share something that Kerry Packer then said. He said, I've already given you an answer on this subject. I have told you that I pay whatever tax I am required to pay under the law, not a penny more, not a penny less. And the suggestion I'm trying to evade tax, which is what you're putting forward, I find highly offensive, and I don't intend to cooperate with you in the blackening of my character. Oh, tell us it's what you're doing. Really just such a straight shooter. I'll, let, I'll, I'll leave you with one more because this is go my favourite part of the entire can, inquiry. Yeah, yeah. He was asked by the chairman of the print media inquiry, please state your name for the record and the capacity in which you appear. Oh, that's right. And he said, I'm Kerry Francis Bullmore Packer. And I appear here reluctantly. (laughs) That was just brilliant. Just excellent. Mate, let's, let's wind it up. Uh, thank you so oh, much for KP. your time today. Yes, a great, great way to
1: finish the show. <laughs> Remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money Podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And you should. And you should. And please give us a big, fat five-star rating.
2: Uh, we would very much appreciate it. And while you're there, go to fool.com.au forward slash triple M. That's fool.com.au forward slash triple M. And sign up for our free newsletter where you can hear more from Andrew and myself and also from our boss, Bruce Jackson, who is celebrating today his 20th full anniversary he's been with the Motley Fool for 20 years Two zero. if you're investing better as an Australian fool that's probably a large part due to Bruce's efforts so happy uh, full anniversary mate thank you mate. bruce and thank you scott thank until you, next time full on full on